Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Warren. So this week on the podcast, we have Dave Hanratty. Dave is a writer, a journalist, a podcaster, and someone who I'm so glad that I met. I never met Dave before this chat, but my God, we just get stuck into it. As a reviewer, I think I projected some uh, prejudices uh, onto Dave, um, and I hope that Dave felt he got the chance to dispel them. I thought it was a fascinating chat, something that I needed to hear, something that I needed to talk through. Uh, there were a few things like that. This one gets kind of fiery from my perspective. I, I, had, um, I had some stuff like going on, nothing major. It's just an interesting episode. I get kind of riled up about some mental health stuff and some internet stuff and I, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the chat um, as much as I enjoyed having it um, but guys really important I just want to thank you very sincerely it's something that I think I've neglected to do over the last few weeks but your support and your loyalty and your listenership to the podcast is kind of baffling there's absolutely no reason for you to listen to this podcast uh, I appreciate that I am an absolute nobody and I appreciate that the only reason to listen to this podcast is the incredible guests that we have on uh, the fact that you do listen to, to the amazing people who've been kind enough to come on and do the podcast is incredible the fact that you've been kind enough to share the episodes the fact that you've been kind enough to retweet and favorite them when they come out when you let me know whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or email whatever you do it means the world when you let me know that you listen on, that you listen I swear to god it is um it really, really doesn't make my day on an individual basis. We have absolutely no money behind this podcast whatsoever. This isn't the kind of thing where you say like, ah, oh, we don't have much money. Like there's literally not a single cent behind it. So the fact that um, you guys can, can, can help to, to share it and that you have done that, it's just incredible. You are our marketing, you are support, you are a fan base. And um, for that, I am so grateful and I just feel like I haven't been saying that enough so just um, apologies for that and just thank you so much it means the world please keep it up you guys are the best um, also my web series Fix Me it's going to finish up this week so the final episode of Fix Me out this Wednesday I do believe um, it's the season finale it's something that I'm really really proud of uh, I was told that I undersold the web series when I talk about it on the podcast so I'm going to big it up a little bit please do check it out if you checked out the first episode say hey you know what not for me I'd implore you to check out the second or the third um, I think they've gotten better as they've gone along as I've learned how to do it and I hope that you might feel the same way um, guys any retweets and shares any just telling a friend in person saying hey I, I saw this cool thing that helps so immeasurably I'll never be able to describe to you how much that helps it, it, it just it, it kind of is a game changer uh, from my point of view if you could take the time to do that it's amazing if not absolutely no worries the fact that you listen and watch it, to be honest is more than enough um, but guys speaking of more than enough I've done more than enough talking um, just a thank you for, for, for being here, for listening, um, and for letting me know. It's incredible. You guys are the best. I used to hear podcasters say that they like love their fans, and I used to be like, oh, fuck off, dickhead. No, you didn't. Uh, but I kind of get it now, because you guys are incredible, and I am so glad that you might get something from what we're doing here. So, just a heartfelt thank you. Guys, please enjoy the wonderful Dave Hanratty playing Personality Bingo with Tom Morin. Bingo. 
right, Dave Han, ready? Ready to play personality bingo with Tom Warren? Yes, I am. Let's do it. We kind of <laughs> nicely segue because we never met before, so it was good to have a little yeah. chat. It was good to. We just... met briefly on your. Was it your birthday? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We no. We've met, but we haven't like spoke for more than like fifteen seconds. Yeah. Real kind of like you know water cooler. How's it going? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is important, but um, but I enjoyed our, our ten minute like um introdu- introductory chat. That was fun. The chat that no one hears. Sometimes there's great stuff in there. I'm like, <laughs> we we should do we should do it like a like um. I don't know, like inside the personality bingo, or like yeah, that's good. Some like Freudian pattern that. Thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to produce that, um, I think Taz can only handle one podcast. Do outtakes? Like, do a series out like on No Encore? We do outtakes, and like, I wonder if anyone listens past the song because there's always like a weird outtake. Which to me, I'm like, well, I know what that was. But I'm always wondering if people are like have any out of context. Like it's just wild. I never knew you did outtakes. See, there you I, go. Yeah, there yeah, you there go. go. man. Listen past the song. Yeah, well, people are getting this right at the top of our <laughs> podcast. So they're going to know now when they go listen to the No Encore podcast on the Heads of Podcast Network. Yo. This is some like, this is... Every some, Monday. Every Monday. And every second Thursday for the revisit. It's so good. You see, this is good because it's like podcast breeding synergy yeah you're gonna use that word synergy is very good (laughs) it's not a word in my vocabulary but it's one of those words like it's it's in no way onomatopoeic but like it kind of you know where it's going yeah i've I've worked in an ad agency and like it's one of those words yeah and like 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 phrases like let's put a tent around this circus oh let's take this offline if i if me and you started having a row during this podcast i'd be like let's take this offline tom whoa yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting when you work in those kind of jobs. I worked in a call center for a long time, and the phrases that that you use, like big one there, was whenever they'd like put an objection, uh, you'd be like, "I hear you there, I hear you there." So, so this is, and then you'd like, so they'd be like, "Oh, I was selling theater tickets online in America, or sorry, over the phone," and they'd be like, uh, "They'd be like, I, I can't do it because you know I have kids, and and like I can't leave my young kids." And I was like, I, "I hear you there, I hear you there," but to me. That sounds exactly like the reason you need a night <laughs> at the theatre. So what I recommend, and you just go straight into it, and then you, the way you'd wrap it up was, so if you have your favourite credit card ready, I'll just take your details and, and we're good to go. Tongue, man. It was amazing. Amazing. Your favourite credit card. Like, who has a favourite <laughs> credit card? Some people probably do. Probably do. Yeah. Oh, people have fucking money. Opulent people who yeah. uh, we, we'll never know what that's like. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, we were talking about the, the artist life. Sometimes... How do you call yourself an artist? No, God, no. no. I, I barely call myself a journalist because to me, like a journalist is like a war correspondent or someone who exposes corruption in politics or something. Yeah. Like I, I, I write about music, man, and films. Yeah. Like I mean, it's not quite. I love what I do. Yeah. But it's you know, like I, I think writer, I guess. But then again, I, 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 I always bristle. I'm always kind of like you know, like Wayne Rooney in a post-match interview, being like, yeah, you know, like I'm a writer, I guess. And yeah. Even though I like what I do, like it's yeah. that kind of weird thing of like not feeling confident enough to be like yeah but then because you don't want to sound like a pompous asshole uh-huh. but it's hard not to it's like if you're in a taxi do you tell people you're a writer no god no no uh, I did before in a taxi once I kind of said um, a guy had Radio Nova on and when I was r- with Hot Press we would do slots on Radio Nova mm. and I kind of was like oh yeah I've done that and he recognised my voice I think he gave me a free fare from that Whoa. It's probably like the biggest perk I've ever gotten <laughs> like, that's uh, pretty cool it's pretty good yeah I enjoyed that but uh, no no I wouldn't be like I yeah, I kind of just say like a, I would say journalist for shorthand, but then I wouldn't go into it. And what you find is uh, people don't really uh, press you because they probably hate journalists. Oh. They don't go for who and what do you write? Like that kind of just yeah, it's freelance journalist. Yeah. I, I like saying freelance journalist because yeah. it sounds really sexy. It does, but it isn't. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it really isn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it that's that freelance journalist. What do you do? Yeah, yeah. Like, I sound like I'm such a prick. <laughs> Yeah, freelancer, it does sound very, yeah, but like, like espionage or something. Yeah. yeah. So, but like day to day, it probably, like, like, so in freelance, like, then is it a lot of the case that you're, are you writing pieces and then when you have the piece, you'd be like, oh, this would, this 
person would actually like this piece or do you generally gear your pieces towards the person I tend to have a database well, not database I kind of like I kind of have like a group of people that I would write for and mm. I just kind of go from there like I mostly just do album reviews and film reviews like yeah. really and it's just a case of like well what will kind of keep me going because in terms of like I devour new music obviously with the podcast and everything else like mm-hmm. and I'm always kind of keeping abreast of what's happening and I love um, I love going to the cinema for free and then writing a snarky review nice. afterwards it's always fun but I haven't actually done the thing of like I'll write out a piece and then I'll send it off to people yeah. because I'm really bad at pitching for stars uh-huh. uh, a lot of that is about contacts and about kind of perseverance and there are ways of doing it I have a friend who has written for everybody and mm. he's just uh, he's a machine like he just has this thing down and I kind of don't but I'm, I, I'd am i also be worried I'd be like what if I send off this great idea and someone just uh, like doesn't reply to my email because as you, I'm sure you know yourself not getting a reply to your email is the new rejection letter <laughs> and also what if they just take it and do it themselves you know, and I see it up there, and I'm like, well, what will that happens as well? Yeah, of course, it does. So, yeah. like, you kind of want to be a little bit ingrained and be like, hey, I might want to write for these people, but we'll see. And a lot of people don't pay for arts journalism; it's just not a paid thing. Yeah. So it's a case of, do you want to keep writing? Do you want to keep your name in the game? Do you want quote unquote exposure? And that kind of stuff, and it can be very galling. Um, but at the same time, I could probably be better at actually knuckling down and being like, "No, no, I want to, I want to get published by Vice tomorrow. So mm-hmm. like, let's make that happen." Yeah. But I'm kind of difficult at overcoming those barriers, I suppose. Yeah. Because because it's like, okay, hey, I, here's the work. I think the work is good, but I also got to even with the podcast. It's like I think I think the podcast is great. I can always be better. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, how do I market this? I find yeah. that relationship to be so difficult. Yeah. 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 It's so awkward. Yeah. It's yeah, they're like different hats you gotta wear. I know, but that's that's modern life. I know, yeah, Yeah. I know. Yeah, you gotta gotta do everything. (laughs) That's all right. All right, well, let's do let's do one thing. Let's have a let's have an old an old spit. Oh wait, I I didn't. Jesus, I was just diving straight in there. Let me explain it first of all. I'm very eager today. I'm excited too. Don't know what. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's um, we're gonna put sixty minutes on the clock. We're gonna have sixty questions here in front of me, and then we have sixty balls in here. Uh, I've given you five numbers that are in front of you, and I'm gonna ask you to read them out in just a sec, and ask you to pick a sixth but if um if 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 all six of those numbers do come out then you get to ask me any question that you please and i swear to god i'll give you a completely honest answer okay um okay so uh, would you do me a favor and read out the five numbers that i've generated randomly for you <laughs> i will of course 60 mm-hmm. 18 great 35 okay 47 nice and 50 wonderful and uh, could you pick a, a sixth i will pick number 32 Ooh, 32 Nice. There's already a 35 down there. Two kind of looks like like a upside down five. Yep. Don't want to read into it too much. Um. Sometimes when the the guest picks a number, then I look at the corresponding question just to be like, oh, that could be that could be the one because <laughs> it's like the law of attraction. You know, the, the number that you pick is likely to to come up potentially. It's like deal or no deal. Yeah. Jesus, did you used to watch that? Uh, I did on occasion, but I found it a very irritating game show. One of my friends despises it. Because yeah. he was like, he's like, people act as if there's strategies for this. There's not. It's a guessing game. <laughs> yeah. Like Noel Hebben was like, and why did you, what, what gravitated you towards that box? And my friend would be like, they just fucking guessed. That's like, really <laughs> funny. That's so funny. They did do that. Yeah, massively, yeah. It yeah. got very self-important. It's right. pre- well, it's printed by Noel Hebben. It's like, yeah. what, what do you expect? Yeah. How old is that man? Oh, God. Um, uh, 200, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. He, 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 he's like, he's the most handsome Man that shouldn't be handsome. <laughs> he looks kind of like a lion. Yeah. Like he, a very flamboyant lion. He does. How long do you think that show was on the air? Because it stopped recently. Would you believe that it was on the air for 10 years? It started in 2006. I actually would believe that. It's shocking, isn't it? 
Because I used to watch it when it came home from school. There you go. Which is fucking weird. There's a great piece by John Ronson, the writer, in, in The Guardian, if you look it up. Yeah. He went behind the scenes of the show, and it's kind of nascent run. And it just sounds like a cult. Really? Yeah, Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds is mad into, like, cosmic wishing. Oh. Where he, like, he puts his positive thoughts out into the world, and he asks for specific things, mm. but not too specific. Mm. And he gets them. And at one point he was like, I wanted a, a, a girlfriend, so I wished for a lady in my <laughs> life, and, and, and then it happened. And then John Ronson goes, didn't she, like, you know, do a kiss and tell on you? And he w- and then he, no, I was like, well, maybe I should have asked for a nice girlfriend. And it was just like, okay. Whoa. <laughs> What's a kiss and tell? Like, she wrote an article about what it was like yeah, to be Yeah, she with. went to the papers and was like, after, like, like yeah, like, like revealed, you know, Noel Edmonds. Probably one of those pieces which has, like, the, the headers where it's like, she tells how they romped <sighs> in a hotel bedroom. Like, like, like you, you know those words that only yeah. exist for tabloids? Like, yeah. romped and tosh and boffin? That's so true. If a scientist, like, cures cancer tomorrow or, or someone, they won't be called, you know, like, a, whatever, they'll be called a boffin. Oh, my God. It's that's nonsense. That's a great point. It's horrible. Poor old Noel Edmonds. He he could be a he could be. There's some questions about like very few celebrities. I think James Blunt is on here. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's on here. Noel Edmonds would belong in that category. I oh think. yeah, yeah, iconic. Yeah, yeah iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah singular yeah. individual. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Ca- font of charisma. Yeah, like when you say Noel Edmonds, like you have an opinion either way. Do you know what I mean? Very guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. 100%, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one's gonna be like who. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Which is good. He's a polarizing figure. All right. Okay. Let's give it a let's give it a little spin. All right. Let's see what we got. All right. First number out the gate. We have number three. Okay. Okay. We don't have it. We don't have it. But question is: Tell us about a time that you laughed until you cried. Oh wow! Uh, this actually happened recently uh-huh. on a date. Ooh. Of all of all things, um, I was I used to work for Hot Press magazine, uh-huh. and Hot Press has a couple of sister magazines called Go Rail and Enterprise. Mm. As it might, uh, the name might give away that they're about trains, nice. and essentially it's repurposed Hot Press content. I hate to pull back the curtain for everyone reading their free copy of Go Rail or Enterprise, but it initially lived in Hot Press magazine, and um, there's an editor's letter attached to it as there is with most magazines sure and i read this one recently and i like I, I actually picked it up from houston station on the way down to the bar and i hadn't seen it in a while and i was like oh memories you just can't escape from can you and i was like i i said to the girl i was with i said um i was like i guarantee you that this editor's letter will be strange i was like because it always is it's always just a weird editor's letter like there's always strange little details in it for reasons unknown because mm. i had to like proof them before and all that kind of stuff oh. so sure enough i start reading it and then i get to like the, the like and literally it was just like you know the world is in a state of turmoil like that, that's how it starts off it was in a state of chaos and i was like that's what you want when you're on the train like you know settling into your overpriced coffee yeah and then like it just started talking about like you know the uh i think the sentence was like the murderous cult of boko haram is in the ascendancy <laughs> And I just started crying, laughing, man. I was like at that table, and I just like literally like I had like a like a, a total laughing fit. Like, yeah, tears streaming from my eyes. My date started pissing herself because it looked so manic, and I was like, I couldn't get through it. Like I actually like I, I couldn't get through it, and I, I it, like it was it was everything. I knew it would be weird, and I had kind of like personal resonance, but even just like the surrealness of this, I'm like, this is supposed to be a light, breezy celebrity goes to a restaurant, whatever it is, like a train magazine that you read to escape, and it starts off in this bizarre, grim as all hell, the the murderous cult of Boko Haram. That what's that doing in there? So are you reading this out loud to your date? I was, yeah, yeah and yeah. and was it like was do you know this person well, or was it like an, an early date? Second date. Oh wow, there wasn't a third date. Really. <laughs> Do you think she was on board at that point? On board? Yeah. Nice pull. Oh, oh I it. wish I meant I that. I, I think it went off the rails at that point. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> choo-choo. That wasn't even a pun. That was just an, a train rate noise. I liked it. That was good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's one for everyone. Yeah, you can't yes and that one. She was on board. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was very much enjoying it because it was hilarious. Yeah, it was so funny, man. I couldn't. I honestly like genuinely like actual tears. Like it was great. Yeah, I love those moments. They're rare when they happen. Like just surrender to it. It's great. Yeah, that that is actually. That I kind of feel guilty about having that question on because that's a question that I every other question that I came up with completely by myself that question I kind of hijacked from this podcast uh, called You Made It Weird oh yeah do, do, do you know I've heard a couple of episodes yeah, yeah. it's my I, it was definitely it definitely was my favourite podcast it was like my it wasn't my introductory podcast but uh, I, 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 I love it uh, I, I really really loved it Um and they they ask that question quite a lot, and I kind of sometimes when I ask it, I kind of feel bad, like I should give them credit. But I would happily give that podcast credit. Not that it needs it; it's very successful. Yeah, yeah. it's very. You successful. can edit that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, Taz, get rid of that. They they ha- they do this. Um, they have they're sponsored by this. Uh, do you know that that hemp oil um shop on on uh, Cable Street? They sponsor it. They, they they sell a product that is sponsors that podcast okay. so it's called Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil do you spend much time in that shop? Or? I went in for the first time yesterday okay. that's why it's on my mind and I went in because I was like hemp oil they sell this thing and your man Pete Holmes who's the host raves at this hemp oil says it's like just amazing like if you have any kind of like anxiety if your body is sore if you kind of go into a party but you don't want to drink anything like that mm. just like it's a really good thing and I went and I was kind of like I'm kind of curious but that sounds I'm, great yeah. yeah but I was I'm always afraid that like if I or like he when he's writing he uses it and I, I but I'm always afraid that if I try a thing sometimes I can like associate a thing with doing a thing so like I went I don't drink tea or coffee so I would like have Diet Coke when I write sure. and now I find it hard to write without Diet Coke which is okay, not good because yeah, that means yeah. I drink way too much Diet it's Coke it's a crutch yeah of course yeah and like you don't need it but they're just associated but I went into the shop with the intention of maybe buying this hemp oil and it was like 200 euro for like honestly a bottle about like the size of your thumb Jesus yeah so that. forget it I don't know how like I don't know how much you meant get to them to sponsor your podcast That'd be there. You get some freebies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's meant to be cool though. Like children that like that are gonna like <laughs> die. Like like every child, I suppose. But like children that are like terminally sick. Like like it like stops people having seizures and stuff. That sounds great. That's amazing. But it's too expensive for yes. me. Yeah. And I'm also not having seizures. Not yet. And I'm never gonna die. Yeah, of course not. No. So it's fine. Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number nine. Don't think we have it. We're, we're going with multiples of three right now. Okay. Uh, which is good because you have sixty. Yeah. And you also have a couple of thirties. Thir- yeah. So like this, this, this could be okay. All right. What was number nine? Uh, number nine question is uh, who's the most famous person you've ever seen in person? Killian Murphy, maybe. Um, when nice. I worked out in Dunleary, I saw him at the dart station. Nice. Uh, he's not as beautiful up close as you'd want him to be, but he's still very beautiful. Yeah, of course. His and eyes are incredible. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I reckon if you look directly at them, he'd probably like freeze or something. Yeah. Um, kind of diminutive, you know. Like, I mean, I, I hate to sound like I'm like like trashing the guy because I'm not. I'm a huge fan. If yeah, you're listening, Killian, big fan. Yeah. Of both your no, he- looks and uh, performances. However big a fan you are of Killian Murphy, he is a bigger fan of my podcast. Yes. So I'll, let be comforted. Yeah, so uh, hopefully we can get him on. Uh, yeah, probably yeah. him. I mean, I haven't really rubbed shows with a lot of celebs because I mean, well, Scissor Sisters, I interviewed them like from across the table. <laughs> nice. They were lovely. Uh, really? Animatronic is fucking cool, man. And she was like, uh, they were like, there was a thing for uh, one of those Arthur's Day things years ago. Yeah. And I had to go over hot press with an iPad and like shove in people's face and be like, let's do an interview. And I interviewed her and Baby Daddy and they were dead on. And then afterwards, when I kind of came back to interview somebody else, she was having a smoke outside, and she recognised me, and she gave me a nod. Nice. Yeah. Ah. A cool lady. And you, we talked about Jack Leeson very briefly. Lovely guy, yeah. He's quite, like, he's really famous. He is. 
But um, when like, I interviewed him, he told me that he was going to retire from acting, and I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, and he was so adamant, and he appears to have stuck to his guns. Yeah, he runs a theater company now called Claps and Horse. Yes, they were doing a play at the time, and that was kind of what we were, that the lead thing was. So we yeah, I tied a bit of Game of Thrones into that interview, and like, but mostly kind of led with that. And yeah, just an absolute fucking sweetheart. Very, yeah. very smart guy. Yeah, because um, he's doing the Irishman Abroad podcast you now, because he's doing a live show down in in Kilkenny at the, the Cat Laughs comedy festival oh Charles Regan yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, again not that he needs any promotion no he doesn't but but again <laughs> like just I, I love that podcast as well and I was like Jack Lee I'm, I was surprised that Jack Leeson's actually doing it because just because he seems to have like obviously Game of Thrones is like maybe the, the biggest show in show business right now it's yeah, certainly up there will be, yeah. like when it's running it's fucking huge and I, I don't I don't I couldn't I struggle to get into it really uh, it's yeah. good I mean like it's very good but I will say that it's kind of I'm glad it's ending because yeah. it's kind of it hit a peak and it's kind of been a little bit like ugh, ever since like it, it's still good it's still it's, but it's soap it's soap opera and it has kind of ups and downs but I'm, I'm glad it's going yeah yeah I mean it's like it's success is undeniable I think I really struggle I think I have a specific type of imagination and I struggle when something is set in like a different realm yeah I got you or if there's like I, and that's bad I, I, I that, that makes me sound so limited and cynical <laughs> and I'm really not I just really struggle to get into it I found myself watching with Midway through season 3 and being like I don't enjoy this hmm. I'm gonna stop <laughs> season 3 ends pretty big and it kind of is one of the reasons why it was so talked about because it was a big shocking moment which kind of became its thing oh I gave Gary McAllister Liverpool footballer Leeds footballer nice. di- directions once just he was around town it was when I worked in a phone shop in Drogheda where I'm from and he came in and he was like wheeling kind of he was obviously like in tracks wheeling I think there was a charity game on in yeah. town and he asked where the hotel was which is built onto the shopping centre that I worked in so I was like you just go down here I'm terrible at directions I was like you just go down there you take the stairs blah 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 blah, blah. yeah uh, and even though I'm a Man United fan I was still very polite to this Liverpool legend yeah So there. was he as bald as I remember him yeah pretty much it took me a second to kind of recognise him but you know it just seemed, seemed like a fairly authoritative dude I guess I Scottish Scottish yeah yeah yeah. Big brogue on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tough man. Big tough man. He'd yeah. kill you. Like, yeah, he yeah. really would. Like, <laughs> if he I gave him the that, wrong directions, he'd murder me. He was that like Sammy Hoopia, John Anarisa, Jersey Dudek kind of vintage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in the same job, I mean, he's not like an A-list celeb or nothing, but Brian Delling of Big Brother fame when he was on some morning show for TV3, on the same job that I was in, it was the day after I saw the National play in uh, the Olympia. Mm. It was the first time I ever saw them. It was amazing. Back in 2007. Came into work the next day, hung over the fuck. And next thing I know, I saw like this kind of whirl past the window. And I was like, is that Brian Delling with a camera crew? Oh, wait, they're standing in front of me. Oh, I guess I'm on television. Oh, hello. Yeah. And it was just like this weird thing that he was doing where he was going around to different shops or something. But I was in no fit state for it. And I've never looked at the footage. I never want to see the footage. What did he, what, were you just implicated in this TV show? Completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was some kind of thing where like they were going around to different shops to be like, you know, we have an item from a shop downstairs. Can you give us an item that's worth more? And they had to like, it was for charity or some such nonsense. And I, yeah, I mean like, you know, as you can tell, I, I have a natural charisma, but it just wasn't, it wasn't in play that morning. I yeah. Was, I, I didn't want to be in work and the last thing I wanted to do was have a camera in front of my face. Yeah. And a, you know, gregarious television host. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, this is, because we were talking about Game of Thrones, this is we will get back into the game. But I, I wanted to ask you this, uh, but I want to ask you off mic. And I didn't know that I knew that you review. You were like a reviewer. Yep. And then, so I'm going to be really honest. I'm going to tell you a sentence that I said earlier today. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, and then I just am interested to talk about it. Sure. But take it with all the judgment that I had in my sentence. Just remove it. All right. But I was like, <laughs> I actually said this, and but this is coming from an insecure artist sometimes. And I said like, I was like. I, some, it was something along the lines of like I could just never imagine being in the headspace where I would ever want to review something but it was definitely said with much more vitriol than that okay. and from the from the point of view of 
and I, I actually haven't had bad reviews but from the point of view of like I'm quite a positive person and I like to create content and, and sometimes it, by virtue of that you fail and uh, lately I've been just struggling with the, or not struggling but I've been fascinated with like even myself versus friends and I, I like put out a lot and like a lot of it is good and some of it's not but mm-hmm. I that would be my logic and sometimes I get frustrated even amongst friend circles when stuff is like criticised because I have this attitude like fuck it I'm trying and sometimes the reviews feel like the antithesis of that and I don't I do not think this is fair but I was like this is a great chance to talk this through yeah no that's well I think that is fair because I feel like there's a good conversation to be had and I mean Mm. ultimately I don't know for sure but I kind of perceive that I might have a bit of a reputation as a bit of a contrarian I've been called that before and that kind of stuff. And I've kind of always had that. Like, I mean, I, like, something that has kind of haunted me my whole life uh, is that people have said, like, oh, you hate everything. Right. Which I really, it isn't true. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, I mean, it goes back to the, the days of, like, working in extravision and that kind of thing. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if, like there's a great line from a TV show called Justified, which I fucking love. Mm. And it's based on, like, Elmer Leonard. So the dialogue is just rich. Mm. And I'm going to get this line wrong. But essentially, the main character, Raylan Givens, who's this very charismatic, cool, swaggersome, like, kind of uh, US Marshal. Mm played by Timothy Oliphant who I'm a huge fan of he kind of he's gone after this fugitive and he kind of busts him and then, he, then the guy gets away and he catches him again or something and he says something to the effect of he goes if someone calls you an asshole in the morning they're the asshole but if someone calls you an asshole at the end of the day you're the asshole and uh, it's like I, I, I get it I mean there's a little bit of truth in every joke and I mean ultimately if someone does kind of have that opinion of you and it, and it is something that you kind of find yourself con- constantly defending well then there has to be something in there for sure but I really enjoy kind of going against the grain not for the sake of it, I mean, the people will also say like, "Oh, you, you hate popular things," mm. and I'm like, "I support Man United." Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Like, mm-hmm. like, come on, don't be ridiculous." But what I will say is, you have to back it up. And granted, now when I went to college, I wanted to be Charlie Brooker. Mm-hmm. When I started working in Hot Press, like I wrote a few reviews that were very just like even in Hot Press or even in, in college when I kind of ran the art section, like I wrote like you know like a one star review of the Kings of Leon album, whatever. And I was just very much like poison pen, and kind of doing it like f- not for shock value or anything like that, but just to kind of you know be like a, like very acerbic and that kind of stuff but i think there's there's an art to it as well i think you genuinely have to really justify it mm-hmm. so i do feel like while i might have a bit of a rep of saying a lot of negative things i do think first of all that i balance it out with positive things mm-hmm. whether it's on twitter or whether it's on my podcast or whether it's with the reviews that i write but people will naturally gravitate towards the negative ones because they're a lot more fun to read mm-hmm. they're a lot more fun to write mm-hmm. They're also kind of sensationalist yeah. and headline grabbing, and everyone loves to read a good kicking. I mean, like, yeah. like I mean, like, like, like I, I've written like thousands of words on things that I adore, and they just sink without trace. No one ever talks about them. They don't, they don't generate conversation. You wonder if anybody has ever read them. Mm. Whereas, if you go, man, that new Harry Styles album is rubbish. People will have an opinion on it, and they'll kind of want to engage with that. And I feel like that's the best part. Is like. If someone says this, it's it's very, very easy to just kind of like either disprove it or at least try and relate to it and be like, well, listen, let's talk about why. I mean, like if 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 if, if you say you're completely wrong, Dave, the Harry Styles album is great. Mm. I'll say, tell me why. Yeah. And I hope that you can back it up the way I believe I've backed it up. Sure. But ultimately, I do feel like it is a craft as like uh, as with any kind of reviewing, good and bad. I, I find it much harder to write reviews about things that I like mm. because I think it's just easier to be negative. No, that, that sounds all wrong. It's easier to like kind of just vent, I suppose. Yeah. Just, but you also have to be careful. I mean, like, ultimately, what I, what I would kind of finish with is that I would say you'll get caught out if you aren't good enough at it mm-hmm. because you will come across as petty and personal and these are things that I try not to be and I definitely don't think I am anymore if I, if I, if I was I don't mm-hmm. think I am I, I think that I come to my reviews with justification 
and I think that I researched them quite well, and I think that I put in enough context and background, and I don't take personal and petty shots. I have, mm-hmm. but I think I've gotten a lot better at getting rid of that, and I do feel that a bit of vitriol never really hurt anybody, and I've had bad reviews. Yeah. I was in a band before, and we got like two out of five in the Irish Times, you know, we got like a bad review here and there, and, and you kind of go, okay, and I mean, I'm sure people out there who are like, like think my podcast is trash, and it's like, Cool, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, and that's true. And and uh, what I caught myself even how to begin this conversation with you was like having a straw man. Because I, I wasn't talking about that with any kind of spe- specificity in mind. I was literally, I think it was my fantasy of what might happen to me someday and already a defense mechanism coming up for when it does, which is probably like, which is probably a big thing. Because I think there's a thing, especially as a teenager, and even now I really remember feeling this and it's always been something I've disliked because there is the person people in all of our lives that rather they that that in replacement of a personality like they, they will tell you what they don't like before they will tell you what they like yeah yeah uh and and that like that can be a thing but yeah, as you said you, you write like well researched and like you, you back up what you say and that's that's good like what do you as a reviewer what do you think your function in the arts world or in the world in general is um, I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of like commentary, really, mm-hmm. and I, I think that I think that's fine. I mean, I, I feel criticism is an art form. Like, yeah. I, I think it genuinely is, and like, it's not that I sit down and I go, okay, well, how can I make this like mad fucking whatever? I, I kind of go whatever just comes into my head, really, and and what I kind of feel. Like, I mean, I don't write necessarily in order. Um, if I get my angle, then cool, I'm away in a hack. But like, I can write like paragraph three before I write paragraph one or par- or, or the ending, mm-hmm. and. I feel like we need it. I feel like you like people love. I, okay, well, I can't speak for everybody, but mm. like, if I see a film tomorrow, like yeah. for starters, I mean, like even like even summer blockbusters, which are all pretty much the same these days. Yeah, I still want to go. I still want to kind of be there on day one, largely because I want to be part of the conversation afterwards. I want to read reviews. I want to read like you know film forums or whatever it is, and just see what people are saying about this. I just find that really fascinating. Like I love like you know like uh, there are good people on YouTube who do like good video reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I find that, like, just that's really good turn your brain off entertainment. If you're like, I don't want to watch a two hour movie, but I will watch, you know, two hours of like 50 minute blocks, which is kind of weird how the brain can do that, but that's yeah. just somehow more palatable. Sure. Um, I love kind of just going back on stuff and like reading kind of opinions at the time and kind of seeing how they stack up today. Um, that's not to say that reviewers can't be challenged, and they should be. Yeah. Um, but the challenge that you, you you get if you get it will be someone being very upset. And, like, I've had disagreements with friends of mine who would also be reviewers, and, like, I relish that. Like, I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I love it. And I feel that that's okay. And I read some stuff that people I know have read, and I might roll my eyes and be like, what the fuck are you on about? But then you might see them out, and, like, you know, like, you you, you probably, like, never talk about it. But like, the, the weird thing is, like, it's kind of like you are shouting into a void, and you're also aware that what you're doing is a strange thing mm-hmm. like it's a strange thing to be like like potentially pulling something to shreds and then from the other like side of it like with a positive thing like what I love to do is like I love subtext like I wrote Frank Ocean's Blonde was my album of last year I fucking adore that record and it really had an emotional resonance for me mm. and I wrote this like 1200 word piece about it and like you know he might read that someday and be like well no none of that is the case like you're completely wrong you know hack writer yeah. even though I love the record yeah. and that would crush me but like that's yeah. what I got from it yeah. and I feel like art is what you take away from it as well and again I think that you know if you're going to be needlessly petty and personal which I genuinely don't think I am sure, I mean, sure, I, sure. Like, I, I mean, like I'm stand to be corrected and I can only offer apologies if I, if I have overstepped that mark before because uh-huh. it is like a learning experience it's not that you want to like just like if you have a bad show yeah and I'm like, well, you know, Tom didn't wasn't really at the races tonight. Like, I'm not out for blood. Some people are. Yeah. But I feel that, you know, you'll, like, if you if you are, you got to be a damn good writer. Yeah. 
and even in general, I mean, like, it's fun to read reviews. Like, it's, it's just, like, like good turns of phrase. I mean, like, Roger Ebert was a, a critic that, like, even, even like, his, like, he's, re- he's released books, mm-hmm. right, like, which are just, like, his negative reviews compiled. Of course, there's just as many positive reviews, too. And, like, what I would say, I guess, is that, like, a good writer and a good reviewer is someone that you won't necessarily agree with, but you'll still seek out their opinion. Mm. And I would love for that to be the case with me. Yeah, I'm not saying it is. Yeah, I don't believe that it is. I think I, you know, I don't write for anybody too high profile, anybody. But like, I love seeking out opinions, even if I know I'm going to disagree with them, because the person behind them is is interesting. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, and the I, what was I listening to today? But they're talking about Howard Stern, which is a weird example. But it was only when you were saying how your reviews, where you are negative, will always generate more. Uh, just response then positive and like it is a thing of like and this is this is like the most basic bitch like acting quote <laughs> but like drama is conflict or conflict is drama I should say um, it's, it's yeah it's really interesting I mean so okay so I don't want to talk about this forever I, yeah. actually I do want to talk about this forever but we, we have two we questions have, so far we have a, yeah it. I know I know this always happens I also hope that I don't sound like a mad egomaniac there because no not at all this is fascinating <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah. this is I'm I'm so glad I get to talk no, about no, this no no it's great this is fascinating to me but so I've, I've, I actually could do it just talk about this. So, if, because uh, so you haven't, been, you're an artist yourself in the sense you're a musician, been in bands. So, like, yeah. what advice would you give to, what advice would you, like, I'm going to put myself in it, right? I, I, I'm a singer and a songwriter too, right? So, I, you review my um, album, gets two stars. What, you do that objectively and we don't know each other, but then, Dave, I'm sitting across from now, like, what is your advice for someone who has been reviewed badly? Or like I don't. Does that even make sense of the no, question? Does. No, it does. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. I would say that you know it is one person's opinion. Like it genuinely is. I mean, like you'll see, like the Guardian said this, but it wasn't the Guardian. It was their theater critic. It was their their top music guy. Like I mean, it is uh. genuinely one person's opinion. And ultimately, that person is sifting through an awful lot of different things. And if you didn't stand out, well, then you didn't stand out. What I would also say is, like, I mean, like if that happened to you and you could get in touch with that critic don't be afraid to do so. Has that happened to you? It hasn't happened to me, but I, I know it has happened to other critics and I've seen, an exa- I think it actually was the same critic who gave my band like two out of five in the Irish Times, I think it was Lauren Murphy. And she put up a thing before, I think it was on Twitter, where she showed two examples of how she gave bad reviews to a couple of Irish bands. One of whom got in touch and was like horribly rude and aggressive. And the other was like, hey, thanks so much for reviewing us. You know, w- w- would you have any feedback or whatever? And she was kind of like, uh, well, this is, you know, here's, here's, here, here's a lesson for what you should do. And she, I think she did get back to that band. And ultimately, like, I mean, like, if you want to put that person's opinion as uh, on a pedestal or whatever, and kind of say, and ask that question of of the reviewer, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I would say is, don't worry about it. Yeah, focus on yourself. Maybe like take the criticism if it was constructive. Yeah. If you feel it was totally unfair, double down. I mean, like, it, it's all about context and kind of specific nature. But at the same time, the best advice I ever got in my entire life was. And it's, it sounds you mentioned that kind of that acting quote. I'm sure this quote wasn't revelatory. Mm-hmm. And it's probably said in every by every English teacher in every school ever. Sure. But I only went to one school in secondary school and had one English teacher. His name was Peter McInerney, and he told me keep writing. And this is when I would write like creative essays, and I remember never liking any of them, mm-hmm. apart from one that I liked that he didn't. And I also remember that he was big enough Wuthering Heights forever that we were going to do it. And I remember reading this and being like, this is the worst book I've ever read in my life. Whoa, it's yeah. his favorite book. And I was like, so we clash differences of opinion, but I respect the man to this day. And he really was a positive influence on me in school. And yeah, he just he, he was like, he'd always just say, keep writing. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't even look at doing journalism for years. And then I did it. And I never wanted to be a news guy. And I still don't. But keep writing is what I would say. I mean, ultimately, you kind of go, okay, well, I've got all these things. I was updating my portfolio the other day. 
and you're looking at them and I'm like, well, does any of this matter? Has anyone read this? I don't know. Mm. You are shedding into a void. What are you trying to generate anyway? Does it matter if you get 20 retweets? Like, does it? Yeah. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. I'm like, that shouldn't be the currency. That shouldn't be the model and the measure. So I, I would say keep at it. Just keep at it. Yeah. There's no reason to not keep at it. And what about, and again, this is divisive, purposely. What about, what about the, because I'm sure you've heard it. If I've heard it, you've definitely heard it. Of like that, it, it, it's kind of that thing of like, um, those who can't do teach and like that reviewers are all failed but but oh yeah yeah of course yeah, so yeah. like critics so, are all failed musicians and all yeah, that yeah which yeah, yeah. which is obviously nonsense is there truth in it there's truth in it yeah of sure. course there is absolutely there's okay truth yeah, yeah. And, and, and i'm probably in that bracket i mean like my father was a teacher um it wouldn't shock me if i become a teacher and that's not to denigrate teachers at all mm-hmm. i mean like in any way i mean yeah. like it, like that's a profession i've never stepped into and i don't know the demands i don't know how difficult or not difficult it is yeah i don't know how passionate you have to be or whether or not you can phone it in i'm sure there's i'm sure all of those things i just said are true um or false to some degree yeah but no there's definitely a truth to it i mean like you know like i mean how do you measure success? I mean, I was in a couple of bands that never quote, never quote-unquote made it. We had to pay for the privilege of playing in empty rooms, but it didn't turn me into a bitter hack. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I've always, since I was young, I mean, like, I would read my brother's copies of Empire magazine back when it was a great magazine. That's kind of one of the ways I kind of taught myself to read, really. And, like, I always just had this part of my brain that, like, when I watch a film or when I, or if I go to a gig or if I'm listening to an album that I'm reviewing, I'm writing my first paragraph in my head every time. Mm. And I've told that to friends of mine, and they've kind of been like, Oh, that sounds terrible. Can you not just switch off and enjoy it? And I'm like, that is me enjoying it. Yes. That's just how yeah. my brain works. And, yeah. I, and, and, and I like it. I'm never, it's never like, oh, bollocks. You know, like I want to really tune into this gig. I'm like, I am tuning into the gig. And like, even if I'm not going to write a review of it, like that's just kind of how my brain operates. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Like, like working in extravision when I was younger, that was a job I wanted since I was a kid. Mm. I desperately wanted to work in a video store. Like it was all I wanted. Yeah. And I got it. And I loved it until it became, you know, a rigmarole of an annoying job with red tape and all that kind of stuff. But I was so happy to be there and be a part of it. And I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I think everyone has an ego to a degree. You have to, you know, like if you don't, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I would love to be, you know, quote unquote successful. I would love to be like making a living off of the podcast or like writing reviews and i would love to be the chief film critic for rolling stone or the irish times or something i mean like like i would absolutely love these things but that's they are jobs like, yeah and they are craft and, and i and I, like i say i think if you don't care about it and if you're not good at it even if you are in a position of privilege or power or whatever you will get found out mm-hmm. absolutely but no i think there's definitely truth to it yeah i think I, I think you have to admit that you have to kind of be like yeah that's an argument for sure but again it all comes down to having a conversation about it, mm-hmm. as, yeah. we, as we are doing right now. Absolutely, <laughs> right. Well, let's let's go again. But I'm, I just I am very happy to have detoured off that. For yeah, it was like, fun for man. like fifteen minutes. But I, I I should clarify as well. I'm no fucking expert, man. Like I mean, like 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 I, I'm not like you know I'm not like you know, that's just my take on it. And yeah. w- and one other question. Well, like, see, I can't do. It. I can't move on. I'm so <laughs> interested. I could actually just talk about this forever. Uh, Your producer is gonna hate this. Episode, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. This this will all stay in because this is great stuff. But <laughs> what what um you said you would love to do all those things be film critic for so and so or whatever uh, for a living so are you balancing the writing because like obviously writing for Hot Press like that is obviously very professional writing but do you do that full time can you pay your bills and rent that uh, way well I, I left Hot Press again in 2014 um, because I was kind of tired of just the office politics mm-hmm. and also I really feel that the magazine lacks critical heft and I don't think it trusts its writers I learned more in Hot Press than I learned in college right. I'm very glad that I did it I wouldn't know the people that I know right now I wouldn't be sitting in front of you right now because I wouldn't know the head stuff operation I wouldn't know 
all of so many great friends that I've made since there. So I've I I've no regrets whatsoever about about, about working for Opera But what I would say is that it's got as it's got a lot of negatives. Um, but yeah, like it's a hustle. Mm. It's a hustle. I mean, like like it really is a hustle. I mean, like you know, like getting freelance work can happen and I like I said I worked for an ad agency for a while yeah and that came from someone that I knew in Hot Press and it was content writing mm. and it was like because I'd worked in those trade magazines and written like you know ad stuff which is m- like the most soul destroying shit to write but you can do it yeah and it beats digging a ditch yeah. you know yeah and you might get six months there and then you're like okay I now have enough money to pay my rent for a while as yes. long as I'm frugal and go from there. Like, I have a friend of mine, like, my, my aforementioned friend who, like, writes for all these people. Like, he's talked before about, like, just, like, barely keeping the wolves from the door sometimes. And then other times being like, yeah, I can go on holidays now for a month. Yeah. Freelancing is a strange business. Yes. It's very, very strange beast. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, and you can feel, but, like, it's, it's weird. I mean, like, I'm, like, like I, I'm now I'm going to sound like a complete ponce. But uh, what I would say is I started reading a book on mindfulness re- recently because mm. I was diagnosed with anxiety recently when I went to the doctor. I, I thought I was having a heart attack one night and it turns out it wasn't that, thankfully. Yeah. But he kind of, well, actually, this doctor, I should say, um, three times now I've gone to this doctor, right? Since I, I, I moved to Dublin two years ago. Okay? Yeah. So three times I've gone to this doctor this year because I, like, gl- I got glandular fever. Oh, yeah. Had the, it. the kissing disease. Yeah, I know. Did you kiss someone? I got yeah, it and man, I swear the, to God I didn't kiss The him. night before. The night before. And did she have it, or she claims that she had nothing to do with it. But the timing is so suspect. Weird. But nothing happened to her, and I, and I had kissed her before. Yeah. So it's very strange. Yeah. But what I would say is, um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm a mad Lothario. I'm not <laughs> at all, <laughs> by the way. Uh, very single. But what I would say, <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is that uh, that sucked. Uh, it was horrible. I was really sick. But I went to the doctor for the first time, and uh, he was wearing shorts. Mm. Right. So he was wearing shorts. Oh, okay. Interesting choice. The second time I went to him, he was wearing shorts again, and I figured. It's the afternoon. Maybe he's just back from a run. He's yeah. a healthy guy. The third time I went to him, he's wearing shorts again. This time he's wearing cargo shorts and a gilet. And I was like, oh. what the fuck is going on? But I like the guy. He's got moxie. Because <laughs> I said to him, uh, I told him all my symptoms. And then he leaned back in his chair and he said, I'll never forget this. He said, David, viral infections are cunts. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know if this guy's a licensed medical practitioner, but I like him. <laughs> he just got you like shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, describing viral infections in the most heinous possible fashion. Yeah. So yeah, um, I forgot where I was going with that. But I think what I was saying was... The anxiety... It, Oh, the anxiety. Yeah, I started reading a book on mindfulness. Yes, and yes. I, and I literally only started reading because he recommended mindfulness and exercise as opposed to did meds. he? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Wh- which I was like, yeah. I mean, like that's fair enough. I mean, I, I think, of course you know, the doctor in the shorts would recommend oh, that. 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's like a framed photograph of Brezzy on his wall at home <laughs> or something. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, uh, fucking yeah. There was like I, I only I've only read the first part of it. Like and a lot of it read very new agey to me, mm. and I'm I find it very difficult. I find it very difficult to turn my mind off ever like I don't sleep well I'm always kind of a bit restless mm. and but there was a sentence that really stuck out to me and it said um, if you really break it down and you think about it as the past has happened the future has not happened so you're dealing with two things there that technically don't exist mm. all that exists right now is this moment and therefore getting crazy fucking stressed about paying your rent in two weeks or whatever it is is isn't going to help you today like i mean like you'll get to that day you're still going to get to that day and whatever happens on the day whether you can pay your rent or whether you can't pay your rent you'll meet it then mm-hmm. that, that's not it's not to say like shirk your responsibilities or anything but like i kind of was like yeah i never really thought about it that way mm. i was like i probably shouldn't ruin my thursday because i'm stressed out about my rent you know it's it's a, a, that thing of like and I, I do honestly believe like like at the end of the day and like having worked in retail for 10 years and having like worked in hot press and worked in those jobs i've had friends who are like i can see it in them like they are fucking dying because of the stress of their job and I'm like look 
it's a fucking job. Yes, we live in a capitalist society, and yes, we pay bills, and yes, we need money for everything, but it's not worth it. The biggest regret that's recorded on people's deathbeds uh, as of a couple of years ago was, I gave too much of myself to my job, and I don't believe in it. Like mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I know I sound like kind of I'm the last person. Like you know, I have material items. I you know I, I go out, I do things, yeah. I spend money all the fucking time. I'm terrible at saving. Um, I'm not new agey in the least, but I I I'd agree. I mean, like I really would. I'm like I'm like at the moment I am a bit stressed about work, mm. but I'm like I, I think it's more important that my head is right. You know. Yeah. So and that can be a massive contributing factor. Yeah. And it was funny when you were saying that, I was just wondering, like, do you think that that's why you are drawn toward... Well, it's interesting, because for me, I don't know how... Well, first of all, like, what's cool about... We're sitting here having a chat, we're in a podcast now, and Mm. it's cool because you you were dragged into the moment. Like, we we have to listen to each other or this conversation would fall apart, you know what I mean? (laughs) So you're very much dragged into the moment, which is great. I think that's why... We haven't looked at our phone. Haven't looked at our phone. Which has become such, like, an insecure thing as well, where it's like, I can't help it. Like, I mean, like, like, like you can't help... Look, 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 we've forgotten how to wait. Yeah. If if a friend of yours is late to the pub or late to the cinema or whatever, and you're standing outside, if you don't look at your phone, you look look like a weirdo. Well, this is... Okay, (laughs) I'm glad you brought this up. This is fascinating. I. I was on a date about now it's a while ago it's about a year ago but I remember and it wasn't the first time that it happened but this was the most time where I was like what am I doing the girl went off to the bathroom she left I, I, I checked my phone as like I would always do yep. pretty much everyone does that now you always come back to someone on their phone and then it takes a minute for the phone to go back sure wait. sure yeah and I was like wait when she comes back I do not want to be on my phone I like I feel like I don't know was it some weird fucking masculinity complex where I was like oh no no I can like I don't know what it was, but I, I didn't want to, and I like just sat there waiting, like a normal person. Yeah, yeah. But it, it felt so weird, and it felt so weird that I wanted to present this version of myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've done that myself. Yeah. Have you? It's insecurity. It's massive insecurity, and it's insecurity brought on by like how things have changed, like yeah. and, and kind of where we're at right now. I, I, I'm, I'm a bit older than you, like not that much, but like mm-hmm. I mean, like, like I remember when like there was no, nothing like this, and, and and like if you were gonna meet a friend of yours, you'd like ring their house phone and be like, "See you there." Yeah. And now it's like, "Where are you?" Like, like if, if someone is like a second late, you're like, "I better better text them." Yeah, it's just yeah. this weird thing of like you know, like it has developed some anxious kind of things for no reason. Yeah, and um, but it is that thing. To be fair, what I would say on top of that though is, no matter what era you're from or whatever, you know, you look at a film. And you look at someone like George Clooney, like going into a bar and sitting at the bar and like having a whiskey on his own with no newspaper, no phone, or no nothing, and you're like. No, that's bullshit, man. No one does that. Yeah. No one looks that cool. It's because you're George fucking Clooney in a cool suit. Yeah. You know, that's nah, it's it's a nonsense. Yeah. Just we, pro- we probably have another question though. I think we've had two so far. Yeah, I know. We do, but I was thinking of this. I just I, I I'm I'm not willing to sacrifice the game for good conversation. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like go, go. that was too good. I was I was enjoying <laughs> it too much. And I did look at my phone, but only to check how we are for time. <laughs> and we're just fine. Alright, okay. So uh ball number three is number twenty. Do we have, oh, sorry. Ball number three is number twenty. Uh, yeah, it was oh, weird. You can't mention two numbers in one sentence, yeah, yeah, or yeah, shit yeah. gets F- fucked up. Blew my mind. You don't have either of them, though. That's, no, I that, don't. That's the that's the, the, the cruel reality here. Um, have you or do you ever consider emigrating? I was going to. Um, before I moved from Drada to Dublin, I was saving money to go to Canada. Mm. That was the plan. But then my situation at home became quite untenable, and I needed to get out pretty quick. So I did. Right. Um, I really want to. Actually, I thought about this about a week ago. I I'm not well traveled at all. Mm. I can count on one hand. I like, I haven't been on a holiday. This is gonna really upset you. I've been on a holiday since 2005. Whoa, which yeah. is wrong, isn't it? That's a long now, time. I have yeah. been out of the country, like you know, kind of between 2011, 2013, 14, whatever, for some work stuff here and there. Uh huh. But I really, I'm not well traveled, and some of my friends are, and they make it look like it's the easiest thing in the world, and they love it, and they've really kind of found themselves. I know it sounds like a cliche, but they have. Mm. So uh, while I haven't done it, and I think I will be very scared to do it, 
I would like to. Mm-hmm. I definitely would like to. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of in the like nearish future. I I I'd like to. Yeah. 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 And so were you were so were you commuting from Drogheda to Dublin? Yeah. 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 Wow. Which yeah, is, yeah. Which isn't as bad as it sounds. I mean, like like it's an hour. Yeah. Whereas in Dublin, you can travel within Dublin for more than that. For more than that. Sure. Two, like someone, some people can get like four buses a day and and like that kind of stuff. So it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, and, and what was the th- like? We, I, I, again, if any of this is weird, we'll just get rid of no, it. No, but no, no. When you said things became untenable, my ears just pricked up. Oh sure. Um, just family issues, man. Right. Right. It's right, right. like I mean, depression runs in my family, and it's like just that kind of thing of like. It, to be fair, I was there too long. I mean, I mean, I should have like left before I left, and just became a cluster of things. Like, I find mm. it very hard. It's like I, I've never really been on great terms with all of my family at the same time. Mm. I, have, I have a brother and a sister, and I've my, both my parents are are still with us, mm. and it's been rough, man. It's been tough. My, myself, and my dad are very similar. Like, we're both very stubborn, and you know, he wouldn't be as emotionally kind of open as I would be. Yeah. Um, and like, I, you could argue that perhaps I'm too emotionally open. I mean, like, you know, like he told me I was too sensitive when I was a kid mm. and that's kind of haunted me my whole fucking life. Right. And like, I've talked to him about it. I talked to him about it like recently and like, you know, it's just like, he didn't mean it like that, but that's, it really had a, mo- it did a number on me. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm not blaming him, but like, it was like, he comes from a generation where he would have called his father, sir, you know, like, and Jesus, when you put it like that, but it's just, it's different generations and we're seeing yeah. it now. I mean, I mean like, like, like I don't have a kid, but if I did, like that would be like another generation. Mm-hmm. And I would just, I, I, like you, you look around, you look at Twitter, you look at, you know, like I suppose say young people, I'd like to consider myself still a young person. At yeah, 32. For sure. But it's like, you look at like the 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 yes vote and the current attempts to repeal the eighth and that kind of stuff and like the activism that's taking place right now and like it's different. I mean, no, well, of course there was still activism in our parents' day, but mm-hmm. like it seems a lot more kind of uh, universal, I suppose, or yeah. like you know kind of accepted and promoted and uh, recognized and embraced mm-hmm. and. It's just that kind of thing of like I think that my dad would be quite emotionally repressed. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, like I've been to therapy. You yeah, know? like I've I've been on medication. I dropped out of secondary school uh, before my leaving cert because I was suicidal and I went to hospital mm. and I went back to school and did my leaving cert and um. But like I feel like my dad would benefit from talking to someone, but uh, he'll never do it. Yeah, and that's a sad thing. I I I will I I don't mean to one up your therapy story. <laughs> I went to uh, my mum is a therapist. Oh went yeah. back and and retrained as a therapist, and uh, and then I I've been to therapy too, but the but because uh, my mum was a therapist, she knew all the good ones. You know, so yeah. we went we went I went up north to to she knew this therapist. I think she's really good, and she specialised in adolescence. And I first went when I was probably like nineteen, but adolescent in therapy world kind of counts until I think you're like in your mid twenties because mm-hmm. you're like a, a developing. I can't remember what the word is, but anyway, um. Uh, but her rule as a therapist is like not just for me but just blanket statement is that she won't see you unless your two parents are there for the first three sessions so I ended up in this scenario where I was in therapy with my mom and my dad Fuck. and just like like there's no need to go into it because exactly what your the, your response fuck is the correct response like <laughs> the most intense like because yeah I, I, I turned that down I turned down family therapy the family therapy was offered to me by the HSC before Oh well. and it was by some Conan O'Brien looking fuck and the reason I put it that way is because this motherfucker laughed in my face and told me that there was nothing wrong with me uh, and he said he'd only offer me family therapy because I pretty much talked about my family like like in counselling I would talk a lot about my parents and my relationship with them because it is a massive I yeah. wish it wasn't but it is Yeah. and he told me that, like he laughed at me and told me there was nothing wrong with me and I, and I thought about that guy and I thought about what if I left his office right now and I walked into traffic Yeah. would he miss a beat in his sleeping pattern probably not my uncle not to get into too much but like my uncle was told by doctors before that there was nothing wrong with him and he was cut down from a tree like two weeks later or less 
and it's like Jesus. it's awful and i mean like, like don't get me wrong i mean like you know i know it sounds like very blunt and abrupt and i don't mean it to but like mm. it's the reality for a lot of people it's like you like you do feel like you're just a number the amount of people because i'm a big i'm a, like without without um I, I like i by no means do i go around like waving a flag but if i have a friend who's gone through something i would always be very quick to to anyone even if they're not going through something i just think therapy is a good thing yeah me too like i think, I think everybody should be in therapy for sure i i literally it's re- been released this week i have a web series called fix me about like therapy uh, little plug but like I, I, I think it's just a good thing to just to talk in general especially to someone who's not in your life they're literally their only function is to listen really you know what I mean yeah and like don't get me wrong I mean, I, I've had various counsellors I've had like four or five and actually the one that was going really really well when I was still in my teens uh, she actually retired during the process oh, which wow. sucked because she was it, it was just working quite well and yeah. I went to one went to one recently and I'm actually about to try and go to another one and it's tough i mean like i mean like and, and like at the same time I mean, like, it is a thing of like you know it's very hard to sound but you, uh, neither of us are trying to sound soapboxy or anything and mm. also it's that thing of like it's different for different people i mean like like it, it's it's very difficult some people cannot get out of bed some people like physically just cannot talk about it and that's like i mean like i empathize massively and i sympathize so it's not like talk to someone you'll be grand I, I feel like it's an ongoing thing like like someone has asked me before like you know like what do you th- how long do you think it'll be before you're you know better or fixed or whatever mm. and my reaction has always been this is for life i'm like i felt like this since i was a child mm. like i genuinely have and i mean like i've told this story before in a piece i wrote for head stuff and i'm probably going to put it into a book that i'm trying to write and like it sounds like something you'd see in a really bad tv show mm, but this sure. but this happened to me when i was like five or so like one of my earliest memories is that i was outside in my back garden and i was having like some food or whatever and i dropped the plate and the plate smashed on the ground and i started bawling my eyes out crying and my mother ran out and she was like trying to get a hold of me or whatever and she was like it's fine don't worry about it and she said and i was hysterical like i was totally fucking like gone and she said, uh, everyone makes mistakes. And I, a child of five years of age or thereabouts, said, no, they don't, just me. And I believed it. I believe so it. so young to have that in your it's head. It's horrific. Yeah. And it's like, I like. I mean, I don't know if it's emotional intelligence or if it's something that kind of skews off that. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I felt. I'm like, you know, it's like, that's what I believed at that time. Mm-hmm. And I believe there are some days when I believe it now. And it's like, that's why I feel like, it, like I could be, I could live to be 120. You know, you're not going to die. So mm-hmm. you know, no, I'm not going to die. You're yeah. not going to die. So we've established that. I'm okay. I, uh, but I could live to be like you know some kind of super age and be like, I don't think I'd be like, oh yeah, that was like a phase. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, like that's how it is. And, and at the same time, I'm sitting here and I'm able to kind of converse with you, who I don't know that well, mm-hmm. and you know, enjoy having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But then there are so many people out there who cannot do this. Yeah, and, and cannot do it in even like the most kind of basic ways. Yeah, and I don't know what to do. I mean, like I I, I don't know what to say. And I don't mean to come across in any way flippant because mm-hmm. it's such a sensitive area. And we do live in a time now where, not that I think that people are oversharing or anything like that, but I think that there is a danger of just screaming into out there and being like, cause I, think, I think it's like, this is going to sound really wrong and I don't mean it to. No, go for it. But I saw, I read a profile on Jimmy Fallon yesterday. Right. And I was reading some of the comments on it, which, you know, you should never read below the line comments, of course, but this was like New York Magazine. So mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. So I was like, oh, I'm sure these this will be fine. Yeah, yeah. But somebody kind of made the point about like late night American talk show hosts and how they're all leaning on Trump at the moment in their monologues mm-hmm. every night of the week, like Colbert, Kimmel, Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Fallon. It's just everyone, Corden, they're all doing it. Of course they're all doing it because they have to reflect the nature of what's going on. But people were kind of saying that people will get so sick of Donald Trump being bashed 
that they might be like, oh, you know what, maybe he's not that bad, or whatever, or, or just be sick of the bashing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like people would be sick of seeing people open up about their mental health, but I do feel that there can be a deluge of it. Yep. And if some people aren't that sensitive or do get a bit fed up of things, they might turn on it or something. I mean, like you know, like I just kind of feel like we're we're in the, we're in this watershed moment. Yeah. And I don't know if there's an easy... There, well, there is no easy solution. Yeah, yeah. I completely... And I, I was, this was in my head when you started talking about this and I was like, I don't think... I'm not sure if I should say this, but you've made it impossible for me not to say it because it's so... You nearly brought it on. I have a, a friend, a dear friend, someone who I love in my life who is going through some really serious mental health stuff to, uh, and like I'm not talking at school this is all over the internet so this is fine but it like is, is, is suicidal and has attempted and has been in a and basically just put up this big 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 status it has over a, a thousand likes on Facebook all this and it's about, it's about that and it's about the health HSE in Ireland how they're it, it's a bad service and like this is all, all everything that's there is inherently true but knowing this person and knowing this and it, there's been an absolute outpouring of like love and affection and as I said it's it, like this was last night this probably has like 2,000 comments it's been shared now by like Joe.ie and Buzz.ie and all these things you've been on the radio talking about all this and I am just afraid because all of it is fake first of all all this these likes they're fake the oh, yeah. comments are fake these are people who will walk by him in the street don't, a lot of people don't know him all this is fake all of this is fake and I'm like all these feelings inside you which are, and I know there's like chemical things going on in your brain everyone's different there's a, a family situation with everybody all of this stuff but I just think that, that the high and the endorphins of getting those likes and click and click and click and click and then that come down when in a week no one gives a fuck 100%, anymore 100%, I'm just yeah. like I do not think that's I'm fucking safe I, I think it's I, irresponsible I, of people to fucking I find social media incredibly depressing like, like, me too I can't increasingly wait, so like, I can't I mean, wait till I can get off it when I, my yeah. career gets to a certain point I, I'm out of there when I don't need to do it anymore I, I hate it I fucking hate it yeah, I'm not a fan, and it's like I can help but like constantly reflexively check it because it's just like you know, like I'm like I say, I'm restless, and even like you know, even if I'm in the gym as I was today, I'm like I'm oh, I'm, granted, like I'm, I've got the podcast to record today, so I got to keep an eye on stuff for that. But ultimately, I'm still pulling out my phone and being like, and I'm, I I find it so hard to just switch the fuck off. Yeah, I find it so so hard, and there is a lot of that. There's a lot of like people love the opportunity to show how morally outraged and or how empathetic they are yeah. to, to oh, the world. Well, and you're just like, oh, and, and I've seen it myself. I've seen people who I'm like, I'm like, that ain't you. Yeah. But yeah, that's a whole other story. It is. And and like, but that's, that's when you were talking about all that. We were talking about even our generation and you were saying how it's just those movements like repeal the eighth and the, the yes vote. And these are all things that I, by the way, I voted yes. And oh, of course, it, yeah. I, and I do think that women should be allowed yep, to have yep, a vote. I, I think the eighth amendment should be repealed. But there's their fucking fashion statements and like there, there's a lot of people, there's there, there's just a lot of bollocks behind it and like a lot of the stuff in like hyper liberal America and like I'm I'm liberal uh, of course like I like and like both of us are in circles of like a lot of like creative people in mm -hmm. Dublin which like really is a very liberal city. Dublin's so small, man, and creative Dublin and like 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 uh, like it's so tiny. And I'm from Drada, which is like a small enough town, but yeah. like fuck me. Everyone in Dublin knows everybody. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, it, it's like, uh, and, and I agree with all of it, but I'm like, weird. There's but do you know what sucks? What? 
let's say that I was on the total opposite side of the fence here to you right yeah. now. We can have a chat about it. Yeah. But if you go on like somewhere like Twitter yeah. and state this, forget about it, man. You're done. Yeah, because you're not looking someone in the eye. No. And that's so important. Humans aren't designed to communicate without looking in each yeah, other in yeah. the eye. Because the minute you do, that's why comment sections are fucking diabolical. The worst, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're it's just people trying to like kill each other and like, but like <sighs> Twitter especially is just like I can see you're getting worked up. I really that. do. I, no, no, I'm the same. Yeah, and I, and I wish I wasn't. Like, it's just like why the fuck? But like, it's so, it's just this massive echo chamber of like people just shouting at each other and like, what do you get out of it? Like, like what do you actually get out of like of like ruining that person's day and like and like you're so angry all the fucking time and it's just exhausting and I'm just mm-hmm. like. And I don't have a better, like like I say, I mean, like, I'm hypocritical because I will go on Twitter and I will fucking, like, you know, post a snarky comment about music or whatever. But, like, and I agree with you, like, you know, the repeal movement is phenomenal, but there is also a degree of, like, well, this is cool. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and so, therefore, it's, like, it's hard to find the middle ground. But there is a middle ground, and this is the problem. Too many people now are just speaking in absolutes. Mm-hmm. And there's no... Yeah. Fundamental anything is And bollocks. there's no time either. Like, like it's just, like... Okay, cool, that was today, and that person was totally fucking shamed, or that person was quote-unquote saved. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Yeah. And it's just like this thing of like, fuck, it, it's such a bubble. Yeah. And it's such a dangerous fucking bubble, too. Yeah, like, it, 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 it is, it's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel, and then you feel the need to fucking backtrack and, and, and make, sh- like, and disclaim, but, like, I'm completely in favour of the repeal the aiming movement, but like, I also think that, like, it's real important that I, like, disclaim, like, I don't know, I don't know enough about it. I'm actually not yeah. well read, and I come from a place of that. I think that, like, women should have autonomy over their own bodies. That's really the place that I come from with it. And, like, there's a few different angles, like, Likewise, but I'm also aware that, like, right now we are two men yeah. talking about this well, I think with no be- woman present and, you know, it's like yeah. that, that in itself is a problem. And like, you Yeah, know, and I mean, like, I think that that's the thing because I think that, like, I, I don't, like, no, it's different. If you're, like, televising a debate and you have four men talking about repudiate, that's nonsense. Absolutely, But yeah. I don't, like, I, I, I have heard, like, on podcasts, there's two guys like me and you, it'd be very easy for someone to say, like, what gives you the right to talk about these women's issues? Yeah, we're, we're not representing any official body. No, no, and, 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 and like, like, everyone you know, has to be allowed to talk about everything. Yeah. That's the only way that things can get talked out and I can learn from you and you can learn from me. But that's that's it. But that's what it comes down to. And, like, like with the multitude of kind of problems that we see now and problems that are particularly, like, you know, hot, debates on twitter every single day and i just feel like it should be a dialogue like it should actually be a dialogue it shouldn't be about fucking just like attacking one side or the other while yeah i mean like that other side might be abhorrent but like Mm -hmm. really stupid the level is that gonna is like are you gonna win like like what do you want well that's just the internet is the like we're we're having a dialogue and the internet is intersecting monologues yeah yeah, you know what i mean yes 100 and and that's that's the problem and whose side are you on exactly like like, like, like pick a side and show me what side you're on so i know i have to know how fucking progressive you are because if i don't it's like what the fuck you know, like, like, gee, like, Jesus Christ, like, stop fucking screaming about that. Like, I mean, like, ugh. Yeah, cause, yeah, that's the thing. And you see it so much in, in America, like, it's so, like, left versus right. I didn't know what left versus right was until, like, relatively recently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now you couldn't, not because it's so, ah, it's just never been more, <laughs> like, you have to be, it's it's all extremism. And all extremism can be just fucking dangerous. Oh, no, I'm telling you, man, it's like, like I, I get the same fucking stress headache from it. And then I'm just like, no, no. Put the fucking phone down. Put the laptop down. Just yeah. go outside. Have a walk. I know. I know. I know. Anyway, <laughs> let's spin again. It's good though. It's good to talk about it. It's good to talk about it. Okay, here we go. A number. Where is it? Number fourteen. Don't have it. Do we have it? Okay. No. Number fourteen. You see, we do get. You when you get talking. Yeah, it's yeah. Just you're going down a rabbit hole. All right. How do you feel about the word millennial? 
<laughs> uh, Still kind of ballpark. How do you feel about the word? Yeah, I just feel like we've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel about the word avocado. Uh, it's a buzzword. It's a buzzword, and it's used to fucking divide and again pick a side. Like, yeah. like that's kind of what it is. I just feel like it's yeah. It, 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 if I see it in a headline, I'm probably not going to read it. Uh-huh. Like, I, I don't need to define someone based on that. I don't need like technically, I guess a millennial when I was born, mm-hmm. but I don't care. A person's yeah. a fucking person. Yeah. And I will ask you kindly to just move on because I think we've had that conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's very polite. To this is going to be, how do you feel about feminism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not that many questions like that. That millennial one, I don't even think it's that good a question. I think it's one of the worst questions on this game. But anyway, <laughs> uh, number 49 is the number. Do you have it? No, no, no. Right, 47. Okay. Number 49 question is, have you ever stolen anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have, yeah. Uh, many girls' hearts. Oh, no, yeah, of course. Um, I stole a bunch of micro machines from like a Dunn stores when I was about 10 and I did so really unsubtly I can't believe I wasn't caught and I feel very bad about it but the other thing that I've stolen really was uh, on on a Father's Day years ago I stole a fiver out of my mother's purse in order to go into the lo- local bookstore and I bought my dad a copy of a John Grisham book should have bought my therapy book should have bought my therapy <laughs> book but it was a John Grisham a real pop boiler about a rookie lawyer or something yeah. might have been the client actually Brought it home, and of course, my parents were like, how could you, 10-year-old boy, possibly have any money? So I immediately caved and started crying. Like, again, dude, if I I stole your phone right now, and you're like, did you steal my phone? I'd be like, oh, God, I'm sorry. Like, 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 I'd be the first person to crack, and like, you know, if gang members were caught up, and it was like, you know, are you going to turn? Yes, I am, sir. Like, that'd be terrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Like, you know, like, um, they were like, I believe that they were were for the forces of good. The first one was that I would have some free cars, and I was led straight by a friend and the second was that I wanted to get my dad a present I don't think so I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about it right now no I mean like thievery is not something that I go in for yeah you don't have that no that what, it's not it's a guilty kleptom- conscience kleptomania kleptomania yeah, yeah kleptomania is, is if you is that like if you can't help it that, yeah that's a form of yeah no I I, I don't believe so uh, cause like, for starters I mean like I wouldn't like get anything from it I'd feel mm. bad mm. like I mean if I, if, if I, if I I think yeah I found 50 euro on the street recently about like six months ago and mm. I was like okay holy fuck let's go out and get drinks and i bought around drinks for my mates yeah um, but like there was no one around it was dark like I, I was like i can't see anybody who's clearly dropped this money what am i going to do with it yeah well, i don't really consider that to be stealing but no no no, no, no. um and i've not really i think i've been lucky as well i haven't really had that much stolen from me Um uh, but yeah thankfully thievery is not a big aspect of my life yeah and you mentioned like about like if you stole like you would cry like over the nature of our, it's like because uh, I I am only asking this because I I relate. I was saying this to somebody today. I was like I remember like really distinctively what I was going to say was like you seem like a very sensitive like an emotionally intelligent person. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And I would hopefully I would no I, th- I well that's how you come across anyway. And uh, but I was saying like as a kid I remember like I remember always feeling and uh, you know to talk in really like gender binary terms like like a good girl. You know what I mean? Whereas on one hand being very like I actually quite sporty and quite like uh, like. Could, like all, all that stuff, whatever you, you want to you want to call that, but like feeling like a girl, especially like as a kid, or like those things that are like are like if you cry, you're like gay. Have you had a weird like struggle with that? Um, not so much. I mean, like it's weird because like my brother's gay, mm. and like I knew he was gay like before he told me, right? And I like myself, and my brother. We like as of time of this recording, we don't get on. I should hastily point out it's nothing to do with his sexuality. <laughs> sure, sure. He's just a garbage person. Sorry, uh, but he is <laughs> and. Essentially, I knew, and I was just waiting for him to tell me. Yeah. Like, I remember when he finally did, I was like, I fucking know him, man. And I was like, yeah, come here, give me a hug. Like, I mean, like, and it's funny because my dad, again, like, being from that kind of old Irish man stock, like, it's not like, 
he never, to my knowledge, didn't he didn't take it bad, but he probably would have had a little bit of a, oh, fuck, really? But, mm. like, there's no issue there. Like, mm. you know, like, there never has been. And, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, like, in terms of, like, like crying, like, I mean, like, I've got a friend who, like, never cries at films. Mm-hmm. Dude, I fucking, like, Anthem will set me off. Yeah, like, me too, like, yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I fucking hosted a quiz there amongst my friends recently, and... Afterwards, I was talking to a friend of mine whose friend I had gone out with. Well, not gone out with. We went on a few dates with, and like I kind of fell for her, and I had to. We've, we've kind of stopped talking because I just I kind of can't at the moment, mm-hmm. and I was just a few drinks, whatever. I was talking about with her better, and next thing you know, I just can feel like the fucking tears coming down. Like, and you kind of like you have the thing of being like, oh come on, like you know, like. But I, I like at the same time, I don't really feel too embarrassed about it. Yeah. Like I mean, like some people don't like it. Mm-hmm. Some people can't take it. One of my best friends. Uh, I remember one night before he was kind of going back on his travels, like we kind of had a row for no reason, and like it just kind of scaled up. And next thing you know, I was crying, and he kind of was like, "Would you fucking stop? Like, and li- li- like get a hold of yourself, whatever." And I could tell, like, I was like, "Oh fuck!" And it was it was really bad way to leave it. Like it was an awful, awful way to leave it. Like, and I just felt really rejected by him. And I remember when he kind of came back, we were out, and he apologized, and he kind of said everything that I said to you that night was about me. He was like, "I projected how I my own insecurities and my inability to." emote mm. onto you because mm. obviously it was like two different ends of the spectrum it was like someone who was a bit bottled up and someone who was like you know fucking bawling in front of him like i mean like yeah i mean like i don't know it's like i feel like emotion is a very powerful thing and i think that you need to kind of lean into it sometimes now granted i mean like i, I, I probably sound like 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 I, I i walk down the streets bawling my eyes are crying every day i don't no no no, <laughs> no, no what no, i would no. say is that like yeah, shit gets to me, but I've always kind of felt that that genuine kind of feeling. And like lately, I mean, like you know, with that girl, like I got really fucking hurt, and like it was no one's fault. It's just one of those things. She's a lovely, lovely person, mm-hmm. and but like you know, I find myself thinking about her sometimes, and you you get I get that specific feeling, and I get it like right kind of here in my chest and kind of in the base of my throat, mm. and it's I've no other better word for it than heartache because I don't know how else to describe it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, of all things, I remember Colin Farrell, right. Mm. I remember being like, this guy's all right. He's an all right generic actor for a while. And then, like, I remember seeing him on Jonathan Ross. Um, and he, it was weird because he had long hair at the time. He looked weird. But this was... And, like, Jonathan Ross, I never redid it for me as a host. Yeah, me too. I always felt mm. like... And, like, granted, like, you know, every time you got someone on, you're going to be like, this person's project, whether it's an album or a film or whatever it is, is phenomenal. I love it. I saw it last night. It was great. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan Ross was particularly bad at selling that. I had never believed him. It didn't make it didn't make for much of a film critic for me either. But Colin Farrell was on this show, and Colin Farrell told a story. Um, first of all, he was very um, charismatic, yeah. and, and quite interesting. And I was I'm like, a oh, big shit. Colin Farrell fan. Yeah, I, I am now. Yeah, and he um, he basically at one point talked about I forget what triggered it, but he talked about how like if someone close to you dies, um, maybe he's like maybe it's an Irish thing or whatever. But like, and I'm I'm definitely misquoting him here, but I'm paraphrasing. And he kind of said the effect of, he goes, you can't help but, like, if there's a selfish, romantic part of you that actually makes it a little bit about you, you project yourself onto it, you kind of embrace that pain, because pain can actually be an attractive thing sometimes, for lack of a better term. And he's said it a lot more eloquently than me. Mm -hmm. And he kind of just, like, went to this little place while saying it. And then Jonathan Ross kind of stopped him, or at least when he kind of wrapped him up, he kind of said, ladies and gentlemen, I think that was a lovely sentiment, can we? And they all gave him a big round of applause. And Colin Farrell's face just dropped. Because he wasn't doing it for applause. Yeah. He didn't mean for it to be this kind of thing. It was just a really natural, emotional thing. And I really kind of, you know, zeroed in on that. I was like, yeah. I mean, not in terms of I'm lucky enough, like, to this day, I don't have that many people in my life who have passed away. Mm. And, but, you know, emotional spikes and kind of, like, 
tuning into that frequency, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily deliberately. I went to my uncle's funeral, actually, a year ago, and I could not stop crying. Mm. And I hadn't seen him in years. And I wouldn't be terribly close to my like my, my, my extended family, let, let alone my immediate. But like, it was a combination of seeing him in the coffin, which I didn't know I was going to see. Mm. And he'd been particularly ill. He had kind of wasted away. And I was just stunned. But I, was, I wasn't expecting, I was in shock from, from like just seeing him. I was like, fuck. But, even, but I remember getting back into that car and going to the, uh, the service. And then throughout the, the, the service, like I just, I, I couldn't, like it was genuinely as if like someone had turned a tap on in my eyes. Like I wasn't like, you know, shuddering or sobbing. I just could not stop crying. And yeah. I was crying for this great man who had passed away. And I think, but I was also crying a bit for myself because to bring it back to my own father and I like, caught I'll be never listens to this. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like one of those things where I was like, holy shit this guy was such a force and he was so creative and after he retired he went off and got, did a degree and he was doing this law thing for amongst his mates and like hearing the stories but granted like at someone's funeral you're going to hear the best of them yeah the best it, hits, it was a cel- hits, yeah. it was yeah the greatest hits it was a celebration but i was just like oh, wow that, like if i found out that this was my father that would make sense and again I, I don't mean to to trash my father that's not what i'm trying to do here but i guess what i'm trying to say is that like i think that there is something very powerful about emotion and i think that like we kind of said before they were like the kind of idea of like just kind of throwing yourself out there it's difficult to kind of find that balance and kind of rein it in and you don't want to feel like a bit of a burden to your mates you don't want to be like oh fuck dave's crying again mm-hmm. you know not, not yeah. like not that i think that that's a thing but i have been lucky enough to have friends in my life who have become like family and have been incredibly supportive and incredibly um strong characters when i need them to be um because yeah i i i'm definitely like kind of a um a hopeless romantic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's so funny. I, again, it was that podcast I was talking about earlier. You made it weird, and um, I made it weird just there. You, I would, yeah, <laughs> you made it great. Uh, I, but I, I think that they they talked about that as as like, they, they, I think they were talking about like it's a lot of comedians that be on that show and are certainly like um, creative people. And I mean that even 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 those people like. I kind of like w- want to keep that open. I don't want like that feel like only people who work in she can be a creative person and you know sit at a desk nine to five like yeah. completely that that's super common. But uh, what they were saying was that there's always this. I think they described it as like the spider bite, like the 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 thing that makes you like what makes what made Peter Parker Spider Man is like the like it, it, the fact he was bit by a spider like it was a a bad thing. And do you think that as a writer the fact that like not and and gosh that maybe that's a bad way of phrasing it because that almost did put a negative connotation on like a sensitivity or something but do you think that because i i would certainly feel like that, i would as i said i can relate to a lot of that i feel like that do you think that that is what makes you i don't know do you think that they go hand in hand that sensitivity with a, a creative ability i think so yeah totally and I, I i really do and i and i hate to like you know make a sweeping statement like that mm-hmm. but i have made that statement before i don't think that you can be creative whether it's writing whether it's making a film writing a play acting in it you know making music mm. being a designer like i don't think you can be creative and not have massive self-doubt or mm-hmm. like at least struggle you know, like I, I, I do think they go hand in hand. Now, I'm, I'm not basing that on anything, any massive level of research, apart from just like knowing people of a similar nature, and also kind of like you know reading about like actors and actresses and that kind of stuff. And I think comedians is like you know mm. one of the most recognized. Like I think depression is quite common amongst them. Um, but then again, I think you know it's quite common amongst dentists or something. Something like who the fuck knows? Yeah. But I feel like a, like like I think if if you want to be attuned to something and you want to create and you want to 
build and you want to like you know do that kind of stuff you're also going to tear it down and you're going to tear yourself down in the process like, i find it like I, I might read over an old review and i might see like the same adjective twice in a in 1200 words and i'm like oh fuck it's ruined you know like right, silly right. stuff like that there's yeah. no need for it like you know it's um, but no, yeah, I, I think so. Um, that isn't to suggest that you can't be creative without having heightened sensitivity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Or you know, like I'm sure there, I'm sure there are some fortunate souls in the world who have gone their entire lives and never felt that sting, and also have accomplished amazing things. Mm. Like it's obviously, I, I don't think it's like it's that black and white. Yeah, there's I, no rules. But I, yeah, but I feel like it would be common enough. And I also feel like you know, you kind of tend to recognize kindred spirits um, on that front straight away. Mm-hmm. Like there's almost like kind of a weird like I've had it happen before with a couple of people where like I they've kind of said to me or I've said to them it's like oh I knew that you'd get it like there's just kind of a thing there of like even though like it's this under the skin thing and I think that's great like I, I think that can be very kind of potent mm. yeah that yeah that that kind of makes the world feel a little bit less lonely I mm. think for sure if you can feel that all right let's um let's spin again I'm very we're heavy we're huh? I hope this is like a question about like bouncy castles or something yeah that, <laughs> that would be good let's see what it is it, it's number 44 do we have the number no we don't okay no. number 44 um, what's your opinion of bouncy balls uh, no, <laughs> um, I love okay. them uh, this this, this uh, yeah this is actually well, this could go either way uh, if you weren't Irish what nationality would you choose to be oh god um I can't answer that question because I feel like I wouldn't possibly be able to speak to the like I I I don't think I'm uniquely Irish like I mean sure. like you know um and I can find Irish people can be quite fucking irritating mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the time to be honest with you um but then again you know I'm also aware that I can be quite fucking irritating a lot of the time so that's fine it balances out sure 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 um yeah I don't know I I have to pass on that one because okay. I, I, I'm not well versed enough in other cultures and I who's who, who's for me to say sure so uh, okay let's not answer question but I'm gonna talk about it what so w- what about then even even going back because I think that was really interesting what you were talking about earlier about we're talking about like emotional like repression and stuff yeah. do you think that that is fair to say that would be prevalent and I'm gonna make it specific to like Irish men um, more so than that's a that, that's a conversation that keeps getting had. I mean, I don't know how prevalent it is. It's definitely become its own kind of weird cliche, mm-hmm. or if it hasn't already been established for a long, long time. And there's been a lot of work to try and destroy that stigma. Like, I mean, like that's an ongoing thing as well. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that Brezzy has the answers, but like maybe he's helped somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally wouldn't. I saw him give a talk actually before, and I I was quite moved by it. Mm. But then subsequently he said a lot more stuff that kind of made me go oh no mm. and like you know like other shit like you know charging schools for talks and stuff which mm-hmm. i believe he does but uh i'm not into but i mean yeah i think that we're getting better definitely but it's a slow process I yeah mean, like, like, like it's not gonna happen overnight and like you're you will have some people who just think well that's that's quote unquote gay or that's not mm. macho or whatever like unfortunately it's very difficult but, but like, the way i look at it is like how are you going to get through to that? Like, that's very, very difficult. Like, you know, you see stuff every day about, like, horrible stuff, like, about, like, women being harassed in the street and lad culture and that yeah. kind of shit. And it's out there. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, thankfully, I don't believe I'm part of that and I don't believe that my friends are. Um, I, you know, like, if I was friends with someone who would catcall someone, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But it's out there. Yeah, like, it is, because yeah. we don't experience it. And we wouldn't experience it because we're not going to be walking in the street. I mean, like, you're a very handsome man. Maybe you do get catcalled. I don't know. But uh, I've been catcalled before. Have you? My friend, my friend, <laughs> my, it was so funny because my friend just moved out. Um, she lived in Nuken and now she moved into Rat Mines and she's just talking about walking up Camden Street. And she said that and I caught myself. I, I did it. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't in a doubting way, but I caught myself being like, like 
and I, I questioned her not in the sense of it was like did that happen I was just like did it like I was genuinely like <laughs> surprised yeah, yeah, and then I was like you can't question like of course it happened but I was like um, yeah it does happen it just it's so absurd that notion yeah know? totally yeah for us completely on 14 for minutes it's a horrific notion that they have to deal with quite regularly um, in terms of Irish men and repression yeah it's there I mean like yeah. like, like I say I mean like like it is the, I, I think it's, the, it's it's a generational thing mm-hmm. for a lot of it as well but then again I mean, like, like, like I say like my dad was is an emotionally oppressed man he is but like I've turned out like opposite I, I, to a degree I mean like like he he didn't try and beat some kind of fucking you know like aggression macho thing into me or anything like that like, he's actually very good in letting us be who we wanted to be yeah um which is why like i say i mean like i, I i'd like to give him more credit than perhaps it, it come across that i have and why i think he would benefit so much from just talking to someone in a room be fucking unreal i'd love if he did that um like i'd love if he got a tattoo you know yeah like, yeah, yeah. like uh i actually had an, I, I had an incredible dream about him once and like, I, I don't know if i should tell this but like uh i had a dream once that my parents were on holidays and they're walking down like because they go on holidays, so they're walking down like some kind of like promenade, sure. in some very nice sunny locale. But my dad was dressed as a woman, okay, and a, a terrible wig by the way, like <laughs> in a flowing dress. Yeah, and he turned to my mother and said, "Kate, I've never felt better." And first of all, I woke up laughing because I was like, "That's what a surreal image." Yeah. But second of all, I'd be like, "That'd be fucking unreal." Yeah. I'd be so happy. I'd be like, "Oh, well, you're expressing yourself, great." Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So now I, 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 yeah, of course, there's definitely a repression amongst Irish men, repression amongst a lot of men in general. It's that thing of like, like you're taught to be a certain thing. Like you know, like I mentioned capitalism briefly. And I'm not one of those people who've like you know read a Russell Brown book and now I'm like an expert on capitalism or nothing. <laughs> but like what I would say is. There's a lot of tropes in society, a lot of structures and foundations that we are, quote unquote, supposed to do. And that can also be about your, you know, like emotional male, whatever, like, you know, whether alpha or whatever else. And like, I, I think it's all about finding a balance. Like, I mean, like there are sometimes when, yeah, you absolutely should be like, you know, step on up and like, you know, fucking do that thing. But mm-hmm. also, you know, have room for this. But that's that's the thing. The generations are changing. And with that, everything is changing People are thinking, uh, figuring it all out. And, like, what I would say is, like, what it comes down to me is, like, you know that time in your life when you're younger and you think that either your parents or your teachers are gods? Yeah. That they know everything. Yeah. They have everything. It's all safe. Mm. And then one day, you, it's, like, kind of like Santa Claus thing. One day you're like, oh, no, hang on. They don't. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Like, I'm at an age now where I think my dad had already had two kids, maybe. I can't even. I couldn't imagine having a child, man. Mm. I'm a fucking thirty-two-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I feel that way. I feel like a like a kid, and it's like. Therefore, I, my kind of philosophy is everyone's fucking winging it. Everyone's just winging it, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you pay your rent in a month in advance. Sometimes you pay it on the day, and sometimes that date goes so well you get another date, and sometimes it doesn't. And it's just like, it's it's a fucking you do your best. You yeah, know? and like I, I feel like that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I think it's really Dave Hammerly really philosopher. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll leave it there. Right, we, we, we have time for one more. Let's let's do let's it. Let's do it. Let's let's just get right into it. Um, because you're gonna be it's, it's gonna be existential and heavy though. <laughs> it, it probably. But do you know that I if I if you ever have repeats and I come on again, I want to come on again just to see if it's like more of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or else it's like the complete opposite. Yeah, it's yeah. like Dave. This podcast really upbeat. This is all you bring. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm only messing. No, we we kind of. Yeah, it, it it does this. It does this. I kind of like that though. We we had moments. We talked choo choo. We had choo choo. We had choo choo. We had choo choo. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> no one else said that. Uh, all right, here we go. Number twenty nine. Not on the list. Uh, I didn't think we had it. All right, fuck it. Let's do it anyway. Um, this is a nice one to finish. This looks like it didn't happen, and I just picked it. But uh, this is this is really nice. This is genuinely number twenty nine. What is your definition of success for yourself? Oh wow. 
Jesus, that's a hell of a question. It is good, yeah. Well, I'm d- look at me just self-loving my own questions. It's very good. There's a few. Um, I wouldn't call them definitions per se, but I guess I want to kind of instinctually answer this question. What I would say is I absolutely love, there's a genuine feeling of euphoria that I get when, let's say I'm following a review and I close all the related tabs mm. on my computer and it's just like, and it's filed away and I'm like, here you go, that's done. I love that feeling. That feeling of just like whether it's work ethic or whether it's just like a little bit of pride in your work or whatever it is, whatever it is, kind of like getting your house in order. I love that. I just love kind of having like taking stuff off, mm. uh, not in any kind of weird way, but it's just kind of like yeah, that's done, and I've done my best with that now, and I can move on. Like whether it's applying for a job or finishing a chapter of a book or like writing a review and filing it and whatever else it is, you're just kind of like cool. I I I get a genuine sense of accomplishment. I've always gotten that. I mean, back when I worked in Extravision, I used to love, like, um, what they called merchandising, which was just, like, you know, putting out the DVDs and, like, making them look pretty mm. and, like, doing, like, the rows of them and all that kind of stuff. To the yeah. point where, like, you know, you get it and you have all them out and you're like, oh, I want to put that behind glass now. I don't want any customers coming along and ruining my fucking display. Like, I, 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 just, I always just got a kick out of, out of, out of, out of uh, doing the work, doing it the best I can, and, and, like, and then putting it out there and being like, okay, well, that's done now. I love that. Yeah. And also, um, that kind of feeling of, like, Especially like if you're freelancing and if you do have, because freelancing can basically mean unemployment. Mm -hmm. So if you do have a day where you pack stuff in, especially now when I'm talking about like, you know, oh fuck, I wish I could just stop looking at Twitter. You know, like if I have a day where it's like, yeah, well I went to the gym and I went to a movie and I hung out with my friends and I walked all over Dublin and I did this and I'm coming home and I wrote this thing. And now like earning that kind of like lying down in your bed feeling Mm -hmm. and being like, oh fuck, I felt like I worked my ass off today. And again, I mean, like, you know, I'm watching like a slacker there. I don't mean to. Like, I worked 10 years in retail. And, like, you know, I've done the 9 to 5 thing and I'm sure I'll do it again. But, like, I like filling my days with stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, if, if I have, like, a lot of stuff on, I'm like, oh, class. Then again, saying that, that can lead to a crash. And I found that happened a few times, actually, where it's like, oh, man, I cannot wait for that day off. And then you get it and it's just like, like, mentally, you just fucking crash. And like, I had that happen to me, like, last summer, which is horrible. I spent the weekend, like, just in my in my bedroom watching Mr. Robot Season 2, which, by the way, is not what you should binge watch if you're feeling depressed. Okay. It's a good show, but fuck me, it's bleak. Yeah, and yeah, And it's slow, and it's heavy, and it's, like, kind of claustrophobic. Yeah, so now watch YouTube or something. Yes. But, uh, no, uh, definitions of success is... Uh, cheesy as it sounds doing something like this and mm-hmm. like the fact that I'm going to record my own podcast now in a few minutes um, like I love going for drinks after the podcast like on uh, kind of like a weekly ritual with my friends which doesn't always happen but when it does it's just it's great to kind of get those people together mm-hmm. meeting new people and like kind of making those connections and kind of making those natural connections and just kind of doing stuff like like, like goes, goes back to your question earlier on where like if you get a bad review fuck it shake it off and do better yeah like you know just keep going mm-hmm. don't stop Nice yeah. man. Yeah, that's a good way to stop. That's a really good way to stop. <laughs> well, I, said, well, I said, don't stop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> <Another question>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like sixty balls, sixty questions, and an inf- infinite amount of time with Dave Henry. <laughs> um, man, uh, take this opportunity to uh, let the people know where they can find you about your podcast and any bits and bobs you want to plug. Yeah, man. Uh, I am the host uh, of the No Encore Music Podcast, which comes out on the Heads of Podcast Network every Monday. Mm-hmm. We're also doing a kind of a year-long project in which every second Thursday we put out an episode called The Revisit, myself and Kieran from De La Rentos, in which we look back at Irish albums from a given year. We've done a bunch of those episodes. They're all available. And yeah, so if you look up No Encore on Spotify mobile, it's not on the main Spotify desktop one for some reason, uh, on iTunes as well. 
and you get it on the Headstuff website as well, headstuff.org. Yeah. So or just plain Google No Encore Music Podcast. Uh, we're out every Monday, and it's kind of a you know sideways glance at music, with also checking out the new songs of the week and doing an album review in each episode. We also play some Irish music at the end of the show, that kind of stuff. So we're doing that about a year now. Did a live show, it went pretty okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's it, it's it's kind of ticking over. Apart from that, um, nah, I don't know. I'm on Twitter. Which I uh, I've talked about how much I hate Twitter, so find me on there. Yeah, at Hanready Dave. Yeah, bundle of joy. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want your regular dose of me being miserable, no, <laughs> it's not that bad. It's just me being kind of snarky. Absolutely, so. come on. And the po- the podcast is great. I have listened to a good chunk of the episodes, uh, Thanks, so man. it comes personality bingo recommended. So uh, guys, check it out. But only after you've listened to all the personality bingo first, obviously. That's fair. Um, Dave, thank you so much for doing it. Thanks, man. Cheers, Th- man. This was fun. Thank you. So guys, that was Dave Hanratty playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. A massive thank you to Dave for taking the time to do it. Dave is a special dude. That was a special chat and I've especially been thinking about it a lot since we've had it. Dave, genuine, genuine, genuine thank you. I am, what's wrong with me? I'm feeling super sentimental. I just want to thank everybody loads. But um, you guys are the best. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. Um, thank you for letting me know that you listen. It's, um, it's really special. I think you guys are the best and I am very glad that we have met via earphones <laughs> just, just just picture me just shaking hands with all of your your earphone like cords and yes that's right i did just imply that earphone cords have hands guys check out fix me this is the final episode probably forever who knows um i have no intention right now to make another one there's certainly nothing written uh, but it's been a blast uh, if you've enjoyed it please share it with a friend if you didn't enjoy it a massive thank you to Connor Nolan for the artwork. Connor, you're smashing the artwork is brilliant. Thank you to Liam Moore and Anthony Manley for the theme music they are currently on tour with More Than Machines Music in the UK. Check them out. A massive, massive thank you to the boss woman. Not the boss man. It was pointed out to me by an eagle-eared, not eagle-eyed, eagle-eared. Do eagles even have ears? Who knows? An eagle-eared listener that um, I say boss man and that could be mild misogyny. If I was guilty of such a thing, I apologise. Taz is a woman. I know this. She's the best. The boss woman. Taz Kelleher for mixing, producing and editing the podcast. A massive thank you to Alan and Paddy at Headstuff for all that they do. And to all the smashing, smashing interns and the incredible work that they do on the social media and everything else. They are the best. Guys, all that's left to be said is a massive thank you to Dave Hanratty. And for the billionth time, a massive thank you to you guys. You're just getting praised galore. Guys, we shall see you next week for episode number... What was that? Episode number 20... Yeah, that's for episode number 20. No, there's nothing wrong with your headphones. I'm just going to keep talking about headphones now that I realise that it's kind of funny to talk about the things that you're listening to me through. There's nothing wrong with your headphones. Episode number 20. Isn't that mad? I have the coolest guest for you coming up. I'm really excited to share it. Guys, tune back in next week for episode number 20 of Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.